another week almost ended time for our week in review source podcast jordan mcdonald welcome hi michael we're going to start with something from the u.s mm-hmm. now we're we know this is an American story, but we're really interested in an Australian angle on it. And it's an American sports story. So just bear with us on it because it's um, a story just worth getting your head around if you haven't already because mm-hmm. it's a classic example of stakeholder engagement, how mm-hmm. you message things and how you communicate with um, very important audiences. Deshaun Watson... So Deshaun Watson is an American NFL player, yep. a very, very highly rated quarterback in the National Football League in America. And if you're a quarterback, you are the star of the team. You're really important. So uh, Deshaun Watson has been in the headlines for a couple of years now because not only is he a very good player, he has had about 30 women file lawsuits against him, Ooh. civil lawsuits, um, um, alleging uh, sexual um, allegations of misconduct, Ma- massage therapists who Watson has allegedly gone and singled out and then sexually um, abused them. So now mm. just on that, um, Watson uh, has always denied any wrongdoing, has always, despite the fact that 30 women have gone and uh, have uh, accused him of such and he has settled 23 of those cases. 23 oh. have been settled. Okay. Okay, so um, we don't know how much they settled for. They're confidential. Mm. So that's what has happened there. He didn't play in the last uh, NFL season um, for different reasons for the Houston Texans. Okay. He'd already uh, demanded a trade. What? Well, the reason we're very much interested in this story for this podcast because we talk about audience engagement and, and how you really connect with different people is because in March this year, Watson uh, went on the trade block and teams came to look at whether they wanted to recruit Deshaun Watson amidst all of these allegations. Now, a grand, ju- grand juries declined to indict him on these charges, so they've all been gone through the civil courts because the grand juries did not indict him. So in March this year, a bunch of teams decided they'd look at Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns... Uh, Took his contract. They dealt. Um, he was dealt to them from the Houston Texans. So the Cleveland Browns are the player in this in terms of the team, and they've had to tell their um, fans, their whole network, why they are getting the Sean Watson amid all this controversy. So to understand this, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns briefly. The Cre- Cleveland Browns, Jordan stink. <laughs> You're not a Cleveland Browns fan. I'm not either. No, I'm not. I do feel sorry for their fans because they are just the epitome of a terrible team. <laughs> so the Cleveland Browns have not been in a Super Bowl ever. Uh, five not years what? ago, they lost every game in the season. Oh, They've God. had about three winning seasons in the last 20 years. Uh, they're a train wreck. Far out. So... They've had a little bit of success so in the last couple of years. There's signs of a revival there. So uh-huh. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns have now gone and got themselves, I guess, the most sought-after free agent in terms of ability. Yeah. Not the most sought-after free agent in terms no, of um, not. skill. Uh, it says reputation, sorry. Mm-hmm. So what do you do if you're trying to communicate with audiences and you have gone out and signed a guy who has settled, uh, as of now, 23 sexual misconduct civil cases against him but maintains i have done nothing wrong nothing 
I have never disrespected women, says to Sean Watson. So what do you do if you're the Browns? Well, in March when they signed him, the Browns put out a statement at the time in March. The owners of the uh, team, Jimmy Haslam and Dee Haslam, came out and said, well, we spent a tremendous amount of time exploring and investigating this opportunity. I use the word opportunity there because opportunity always sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> so opportunity, it right. Uh, we had a straightforward dialogue with Deshaun. Straightforward dialogue. There you go. We discussed our priorities and we heard from him directly on how he wants to approach his career on and off the field. Okay. In great news, this is fantastic news back in March, Deshaun was humble, he was sincere and he was candid. That's fantastic. That is good. In our conversations, Deshaun detailed his commitment to leading our team. He understands and embraces the hard work needed to build his name in the community and on the field. They also mentioned somewhere in there that our team's comprehensive evaluation process was of utmost importance due to the sensitive nature of his situation and the complex factors involved. So, the Browns signed Watson. Why it's in the news now is because Watson was recently banned by the NFL out of all of this stuff for six games. Mm -hmm. Six games. And the season starts shortly in a few weeks' time. The NFL didn't like the fact he only got six games. They appealed it overnight our time. Um, The appeal came back. He's banned for 11 games and he's fined $5 million. Okay, so he'll miss two-thirds of the season and he's fined $5 million. So that's another time that you then got to communicate with your audiences. Okay? A new time to communicate. So the Cleveland Browns have come out and made more comments today about uh, where we're at right now. (laughs) Out for 11 games. Um, The... um, Some of the things said by the Browns are very interesting in this again today. Again, they have made no mention really again of what is the obvious, I guess, take on this. What they're trying to say really is that they've signed someone because he's just a good football player. Right. Yes, there are other things. Mm -hmm. So there's been press conferences again and there's been statements made again this morning um, and they've again been um, uh, very interesting um, and they've received lots of coverage um, over. I'll just give you some of this morning's statement from the Browns. It says, Now that a decision has been reached... We understand this is a real opportunity, there's that word again, to create a meaningful change and we are committed to investing in programs in Northeast Ohio that will educate our youth regarding awareness, understanding and most importantly, prevention of sexual misconduct and the many underlying causes of such behaviour. Now, in fantastic news, since the Sean entered our building, he has been an outstanding member of our organisation. Hmm. And he's soon going to be playing after 11 game suspension. Now, the $5 million fine, the NFL said, will go to causes to assist in awareness of sexual misconduct. But if you think $5 million bucks is a lot of money, Deshaun Watson signed a contract with the Browns for $230 million over five seasons. So he'll find the five pretty easy if the Browns don't pay it for him. Jordan, could this type of situation happen in Australia? No, right now I couldn't see this happening in Australia. I don't think any Aussie team would take on a player in a similar situation. I mean, I know there are differences in our legal systems in Australia versus the US, uh, compared to the US, I should say, but the pressure here would be just too much, I think. Um, 
Uh, the NFL is a beast. It's it's a money making beast. It is. There, there is just money everywhere in the NFL. Yes, but the way I see it, sponsors are less likely to leave following following the appointment of someone controversial. I'm not saying that's a good thing. Money doesn't make everything okay, but that's just how I see it. Um, and then yeah, that's right. Because if you look yeah. at the comparisons here, so. The NFL, as you said, is a money-making beast. It's a yeah. giant in the US in sport. Mm. Uh, it is the focus of sport through the winter months in the US. Say there's 400 million people in the US. Say mm-hmm. there is. There's 32 NFL teams. Okay, so there's a lot of lot of people per team. Yeah, and the yeah. television revenues are huge. Now, in Australia in the winter months, we know football is a really popular thing here. But there are 16 NRL teams. There are 18 AFL teams. Mm-hmm. And there's a handful of rugby union teams. So... You throw in those rugby union teams, looking at, say, 40 teams in the winter months for a population of, say, 25 million. Yeah. You need sponsors. Oh, yeah. You can't afford to be so cavalier in terms of the standards that you will bypass to get a good player. You've got to present something a bit different. A lot of different standards are sometimes set in the US in terms of media discussion. Um, That can sometimes set a precedent for similar incidents in Australia. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? Because you, oh, we see so much American news that, uh, especially younger generations, mm. that, yeah, you're right, if something happens there, it can be a precedent as such, even though it's a different country and a different legal system. That's right. So, so right now, I can't see it happening in Australia, but who's to say it couldn't happen in five years' time? Yeah, I'm really interested in this story, only, you know, particularly because. Let's face it, in the end, the Cleveland Browns signed Deshaun Watson simply because he's a good player. And they would have been better coming uh, in to just say, you know, hey, that's the reason we're doing it. Um, but instead, they've tried to dress a few things up around mm. it to say, well, yeah, we've uh, taken this on board. They've got Deshaun Watson denying everything as such. Um, so how this goes from... You know, and there's, he'll miss 11 games, he'll miss a few months. How it happens from here, I'm really interested in. But there's been some really interesting writing in the US already in the last few hours um, talking about, um, you know, where this places the Browns in the eyes of many people. Um, the owner, as we said, Jimmy Haslam, um, uh, says the team has, uh, has looked at Watson's track record prior to these events. Mm-hmm. But he said, I'm not minimising this. Well, he is, but he's saying he's not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just want to quote one Sports Illustrated writer who actually says, of course the Browns are minimising the allegations against Watson because Watson ins- insists upon it. The Haslams might own the Browns, but Watson owns them now. They can only hope he treats them well. <laughs> Given his um, track record, I wouldn't count on it. So really interesting to see what's happened. But I guess in the end, the fact that the Browns weren't beholden to financial reasons on why they signed Watson or not. Meant they just went ahead with that and tried to dress it up. We can all see through that. Let's see what happens in these coming months. It's going to be very interesting. Now, Jordan, we look at some of these topics quite often in our podcast in terms of what's happening with TV and younger viewers. And there's some interesting stuff that's come out this week, starting with uh, what our young people are doing when it comes to traditional TV. Yes, yeah, unsurprisingly, younger people have almost completely stopped uh, tuning into traditional TV channels. This is according to a report from media regulator Ofcom. So the report says that 90% of 18 to 24-year-olds no longer flick through the traditional TV channels and that's highlighting now this widening generation gap in viewing habits. 
So you can probably guess where they've gone, though. Oh, yeah, I reckon <laughs> I can. Streaming services. So Netflix was listed as the most common destination for the 18 to 24-year-olds today. Um, and this isn't surprising if you consider the viewing or the viewer data from the last decade. So viewers aged between 16 and 24 spend just 53 minutes a day on average watching traditional TV. That's a decline of over 60% in the last decade. So it's, it's very much on yeah. trend. Yep. Uh, you contrast that with older viewers, so the 65 plus, who still spend roughly a third of their waking day, six hours roughly, uh, watching traditional TV. That's actually a slight increase in the last decade. Wow, they're, they're, they're interesting numbers. So, so what's, what's the change for? What's, what do you think's behind that? So what's causing this change is definitely the, uh, the increased popularity of the streaming services, and that's been ma- mostly catalyzed by Netflix. Um, you know, today it, it often feels like there's almost too many, too many streaming options, but that does really appeal to younger people. A key characteristic of that 18 to 24-year-old age group is rapid content churn. Yep. Now, we know all these yep. streaming platforms yep. are very mindful of <laughs> the churn rate of this demographic. Yep. It's they actually, get through things, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is. It's one of the reasons why you'll often struggle to pick what to watch on the streaming <laughs> platforms because they never want the viewer to run out of options. Yeah. Um, but younger people, they churn through this content very quickly and... For traditional TV, they just don't have the content or the channel channels to withstand that churn, nor does it offer viewers the ability to control when they watch. So what about other demographics? What are we learning there? Well, we're seeing this similar trend happen in the generation before. So the, the 3 to 12-year-olds in particular. Um, in the US, Netflix overtook YouTube's YouTube Kids and uh, to become the most popular content service for that demographic in the first quarter of this year. And then Disney Plus saw a massive surge in their younger users too. I just love the fact that we've got a demographic of 3 to 12-year-olds. I know. Little three-year-olds. I know. <laughs> getting some data from... I know. There's, someone, there's a bunch of adults sitting in a room going, what do we give these three to five, six, seven-year-olds? Yeah. <laughs> How do we win? <laughs> and no doubt the three-year-olds can use the remote really well. Of course, better than most of us. Yeah, they can source it. Those little fingers get across those buttons so quickly. That's it. They know how to get things up. But there's another part of this with... Uh, information that came out this week about TV streaming bundles as well. What's the latest there? Yeah, so it's almost a flow-on. So I was looking at some TV streaming bundles and we know that streaming platforms offer or are planning to offer ad-supported tiers um, and that's an industry response you know, to the streaming market experiencing this slowdown in user growth caused by sort of the saturation that there's too yep. many too yep. many options for streaming. Yeah. Um, in a previous episode of The Week in Review, we discussed how some of these platforms were considering bundling some of their ad-supported subscriptions yep. with other services to try and attract more yep. users. Uh, and I read a story today which reports on some platforms that are actually doing that. So what's that story about? So the story I came across, it looks at a recent deal that Walmart inked with yeah. Paramount. The deal will mean that subscribers of Walmart Plus, which is its subscription membership program, they'll also gain access to Paramount Plus's ad-supported tier for free. Um, And, you know, the story goes on to predict that Walmart will broker similar partnerships in the future with other media companies. Uh, And I reckon it's a fair guess to say that many of these media retail relationships will appear in the years to come as the streaming platforms figure out 
new ways to grow their subscriptions. What about challenges ahead with that, though? Because there's always challenges, as we know. There's always challenges, particularly in streaming. Um, a TV research form, Magid, found that in the US, uh, consumers haven't increased their monthly spend on streaming since 2019. And that monthly spend's wow. about 40 bucks. That's interesting, given we've had COVID. I know, I know. Um, so we know it's becoming increasingly difficult for streaming companies to reach potential customers and then entice them to spend extra money. Yeah. Um, so that's why these ad-supported tiers are becoming important parts of these major services. Yeah. But to increase the reach, I think they're going to have to go to these these bundled or bundle their services. Yep. You know, we know Disney Plus offers a discount to purchase a bundle of all three of their streaming platforms, which is Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN yeah. Plus. Paramount already offers a bundled discount to Paramount, Paramount Plus uh, and Showtime. And Warner Brothers Discovery has started offering some bundles deals for HBO Max customers to access Discovery Plus. So the idea is here that you've got to go to people mm. with new offers because they're not taking the bait as they are. Correct. So you've got to try to entice them. So I understand that. Will they work? I think they will. I think um, customers are always searching for extra value for their dollar spend. Um, streamers have always relied, or they've, they've long relied on the bundle concept, yep. um, you know, particularly with telecom and hardware providers. So some examples, again, in the US, because it's, it's easy, as uh, yep. Disney Plus was available for six months to Verizon mobile users. Netflix was available to T-Mobile customers as a bundle offering. Looking at Australia, I look at the Foxtel box. It's sort of the, the primitive form yeah. of what the streaming bundles need to be, I think. Yep. So if streaming platforms can offer bundles that provide excellent value, um, especially bang for buck, yep. I think it, it will actually attract new customers. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting next wave of um, streaming services because they've been around for long enough now that if you there's that idea of sort of peak subscription. If you've you know, if you've had a chance to consider subscribing, you probably have already. Yeah. Um, under the current terms. Mm. So how do you change those terms to get people in? So I am really interested in seeing what happens with that because it's such a, a great insight into the way that audiences behave, mm. which is what we're all about here, just understanding audiences as, as well as we can. So uh, how's this uh, weekend looking for you? Uh, this weekend I only have the one gig tonight, which is great. Um, and then tomorrow I'm off to Sandstone Point to see the Gang of Utes. Oh, really? Yeah, they're playing oh. a... Uh, it's like a mini festival day. There's, yeah, it sort of right. starts midday, runs through to about 10 at night. Very good. Yeah, but we'll get there about 5 o'clock. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not there for the whole day. <laughs> haven't got it in me anymore. Yeah, don't sound like that. Um, yeah. It's uh, a nice weekend for it. So enjoy that. Thanks. We'll catch up next week. See you then. Yeah.